Joya, I gotta talk about how hydration is very important. I learned this recently. Hydration's not just for like running marathons and exercising and that. You need to be hydrated daily. It's daily maintenance, right? So if you're going to the airport or standing on the sidelines of your kid's soccer game in the hot sun, if you're on back-to-back conference calls, it doesn't matter right? Proper functional hydration is essential. And Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Their hydration multiplier is the one product that you're missing in your daily life. Well, (laughs) maybe not you, Toria. (laughs) Uh, It's true. I actually use Liquid IV. I've used it for probably almost two years now. Uh, It comes in so many yummy flavors. It's a little powder that you put in the water you're already going to drink. It comes in strawberry, lemonade, grape, lemon lime, pina colada, watermelon, so much more. Um, it makes you feel so much better, so much faster when you need to hydrate. And with just one stick of this stuff, you hydrate real life two times faster than water alone. So quit wasting your time with water. It's it's for losers. It's a loser's game. Plus, you get essential vitamins like B3, B5, B6, B12, vitamin C, three times the electrolytes of any leading sport drink made with quality ingredients, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, soy. Plus, this company, they want equitable access to clean and abundant water for everybody. And to date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. So, Toria, how do we get this stuff? So, it's real people, real flavors, real hydration. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use your code Oh, Mr. Chef Pod at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code Oh, Mr. Chef Pod at liquidiv.com. Use it now. The Flushing Girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Meet Miss Fine. Hello, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield podcast where we talk about The Nanny, a hit sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher. I am Sean Pasquale, and I am here as always with... Toria Sheffield! Woo! <laughs> We're here this week to talk about Season 6, Episode 14, in California, Here We Come. Which, mm-hmm. I know it's not a reference, but in my head, I just hear that, uh, what's that one song? California. You're you know thinking of the Rooney, is it Rooney or Phantom Planet? Oh my Phantom god. Phantom Planet. It's Phantom Planet. Uh, okay. uh, Jason okay. Schwartzman. Yep. Yes, and it's California, here we come, right yep. back where we started from. So but could this have been that? Or no, no, right? So, the, so that is based on this much older song, California, Here I Come, which is an mm. old-timey classic. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, this episode was written, uh, had a story. Story by Mary Linz and Suzanne Gargursky, Gangursky, and then it was a teleplay by Suzanne Gangursky, and of course, returning to form, Mr. Peter Mark Jacobson directed this Yay. one. Yay. And they were like, is- hey, we get to walk outside the studio and pretend we traveled. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the episode where um, it seems, at least for now, that the Sheffields are going to be moving to California, which inadvertently leads to a big secret getting revealed for Sylvia. But I won't reveal it until we get there because I I was surprised. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, we got to keep them in their seats. Yes. Uh, Everyone who listens to this podcast before they watch the episode to mm -hmm. hear us describe it beat by beat and then be like, let's see if they told the truth. (laughs) Well, this episode, okay, it begins with Fran and Niles in the kitchen, and Mr. Sheffield comes in, and he's 
crazy excited and he announces that Columbia Pictures wants to make one of his plays into a movie. And if that happens, then the whole family is going to move to Beverly Hills. Um, and it's actually, it's clear that it's like a very bad play because because he's like, Fran, Fran, you remember that play I produced last summer? And she's like, the one that critics said, and he, I forget. Oh, and he left Chicago Hope for this, <laughs> which is a, which was a I funny think a Mandy Patinkin nod, right? Because oh. he's the one that left Chicago Hope, and he's also a theater guy. So I think that's what that was. I think the idea, the, the <gasps> suggestion was he made a some kind of th- show with Mandy Patinkin in it, and it was awful. And people were like, go back to Chicago Hope. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> realize that. Which is very wow. funny. Well, um, also, so- did you mm-hmm. notice that uh, – did you notice that in the beginning of this episode um, – when they're talking about Columbia pictures, it feels like that's a fake thing that they just made up for this TV show. But actually Columbia pictures was a real thing that has long been defunct. And it's sad. Well, I didn't think it seemed like a fake thing. Cause he said, yeah, cause Columbia wants to make one of my movies. You didn't, you didn't go like Columbia university. What? So wait, so so you think they didn't say Columbia Pictures because they didn't have the rights to it, and so they had to say Columbia? No, I think like at the time everyone knew Columbia Pictures, but I think now that's just owned by Sony. So I don't know that people know Columbia. I don't know. Maybe mm. they do. Well, um, Fran is ecstatic at this news. She's instantly like, "Oh my gosh, we okay. could be the next Candy and Aaron Spelling." <laughs> and um, it's decided that they're going to like go to the West Coast for a long weekend, and Fran can like look at houses that they could potentially rent. And Maxwell's like, he's like, and the kids are so excited. And she she literally goes, well, who wouldn't be? No, no. She goes, well, who wouldn't be excited that we're moving to California? Cue Sylvia knocking at the kitchen door. Uh, Fran freaks out because she instantly realizes she's going to have to tell her mother, which is like obviously, if you know Sylvia, like going to go horribly. And Maxwell's like, don't worry. Don't worry. Like, we'll tell her together. And she thanks him. He opens the door, turns around, and she's gone. <laughs> she's like bolted. Um, and we then have the opening credits. And when we cut back, it's literally Maxwell like dragging her back into the kitchen. And he's like, Sylvia, Sylvia, like your daughter and I have something very important to tell you. And then Fran turns around and he's gone. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> great. The great bit. This is a, yeah. a fantastic, really well shot too. Yeah. And then so Fran, she, she sits Sylvia down. And she, like, breaks this news to her, and she braces for a huge reaction. And instead, Sylvia, like... Doesn't care. She's very, very serenely, like, almost acts as if she didn't hear it. She's like, what do you think about me wearing a wonder bra or, like, a push-up bra? Or she says something like that. Like, she literally pretends that she did not hear it. And then the second time, she's like, what if I didn't wear any bra? And you're like, wait, is she not listening? And then... The third time, I think she's like, okay, yeah, listen, you got to live your life and I got to live my life and we're both going to live our lives. Yeah. She's like, like your friend's like, what is happening? <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, yes. Where did and, my and mother go? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And like, you know, she just calmly picks up her coat and goes like, I just want you to be happy and walks out. Crazy. Makes no sense. The next scene, though, we're officially in L.A., baby, and it's B-roll city. It's palm trees. It's all the famous sites. I wish that this was the L.A. that I lived in, (laughs) what they were showing on camera. Uh Uh-oh. I feel like we're about to hear a racist rant, so let's move on. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, just that, just that, um, like my LA is filled with homeless people and I hate it here. <laughs> no, I just, stop. <laughs> I wish that the LA of TVs and TV and movies was the real LA instead. It's, it's one of the saddest places on earth. <laughs> but I mean, the, the, the LA of television is really just like Rodeo drive or a nondescript street with a palm tree. Agree, agree. Or and right? it's it's it always looks just like super fab, and there's pools. Mm-hmm. Real LA, it's most there's intensity. no personality to it. I know it's so funny. There's so much personality to like, and and like the sprawlingness of the city is part of the personality, and they never really convey that well. Bosch does. This is my yearly plug for uh, everyone to stop what they're doing, including listening to this podcast. You can pause <laughs> it right here. Go watch. All six seasons of Bosch. Kyle's a really big Bosch all person. Two seasons of Bosch Legacy, the follow-up series following the further adventures of Bosch. Just yeah. watch it. Yeah, it's great. I, I refuse, but Kyle watches all of it, including oh, Legacy Bosch or whatever. So then, Bosch Legacy. Okay, Bosch Legacy. God. So yes. <laughs> and soon we're gonna get the Renee Ballard spinoff series. And then after that, they're going to do a little side series following Bosch's old partner. Are you kidding? Jerry tell- Edgar. It's great. I'm going to tell Kyle all of this, but this is tell him. the Bosch pod. Oh, Bosch I wish. Pod. God. Uh, <laughs> well, back in our little podcast <laughs> about the nanny, Fran and Niles yes. are uh, looking at homes that they mm. might rent, and they they get to this big, gorgeous mansion, and they knock on the door, and Fran's literally like, I wonder who lives here. And Niles is like, oh, remember Miss Fine? Not everyone in Beverly Hills is a celebrity. Yes. The door opens, and it is Donna Douglas, a.k.a. Ellie Mae from the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> you know, she was the blonde with pigtails, and she was always wearing, like, short shorts and um, – and she has the yes. same exact haircut and a very similar outfit. <laughs> An accent. And, and she makes references to basically being Ellie Mae, unless <laughs> Fran calls her Ellie Mae and then she corrects her and she's like, no, my name is Donna. It was yeah. a very weird. I felt it to be a very strange. It was like they didn't. I don't know. It was like, like they didn't want to commit one way or the other. It was almost like she was like, hey, man, don't make me be Ellie Mae Clampett. This is I'm like 90 years old. And they well, were because- like. No one knows who Donna Davis is. So. Donna Douglas. <laughs> exactly. They were like, put your hair in pigtails and get out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was like, she was like, it's Donna every time that um yeah. Fran referred to her as Ellie May. But yeah. anyway, Ellie May, aka Donna mm-hmm. Douglas, is showing them around the mansion. And at first, N- Niles is like so upset that they might be moving to Beverly Hills because he's like, there's so much more dust there. But then he sees that the house has a super sophisticated intercom system. And he's like, oh, it was it was like the the something something two thousand. It even picks up sign language. <laughs> so, also, of- can confirm it. There is more dust in Los Angeles than there is. Oh in my god! So I mean, much you, dust all over you, everything, everywhere. All you have to wash your car every seven days here, listeners. If you don't have a garage, it is a constant battle with the dust. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. We just have uh, an old car that we let slowly get eroded. <laughs> Well, of course, so do I. I meant yeah. if I'm, I mean a better person than I would be watching. Oh, you mean it better every- people than us? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, my car is so filthy that like driving at night is a, is a nightmare because I can hardly. It's the reflection off the dust. It's just really a hazard. Um, but Ugh. so then, um, 
Niles is like super excited about this new intercom and he runs off looking at other features of the mansion. And, um, you know, Fran sits down with Donna and she kind of recaps like, you know, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm moving out here and my mom's back in New York, but she's taking it super well. And Donna Douglas instantly is like, oh, no way. Like you didn't fall for that. Like I'm sure your mom is heartbroken and just putting on a brave face. And she's like, and you know, I'm sure you're probably hurting a ton too. And she's like, you know, my critters have a saying. A mama can have a thousand daughters, but a thousand daughters can only have one mama. Oh, and Fran, Fran very aptly goes, a critter said that? <laughs> Which was very funny. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I liked it a lot. A critter said that? <laughs> <laughs> and then we got to Maxwell and Cece in a meeting uh, at Columbia Pictures with a big Columbia Pictures exec played by – okay, I'm very curious if you – recognize this man or knew where he no. was from so i looked into it it was hal linden okay, who played okay th- this is going to blow your mind and it's it's just gonna it blew my mind he played the main role in a show called barney miller which sean oh it, it, that's how i know the well, guy i don't know i've not only have i never heard of this show i found out it oh, ran yeah. from 1972 to 1984 yeah, with Abe Pagoda's in it. it's great I, I never in my life have come across this show. Oh, Barney Miller is a great show. It's very, 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 very funny. It's but a like, cop where, show. Where did it's you a, even find it? Because I, I don't even remember it on reruns. Um, It used to air. I mean, it it, it aired for a little bit. Uh, I feel like when I was like homesick during the day and like I thought it was neat. Uh, it was a very silly show. Well, I don't know I guess- if it airs anywhere now. I don't even know where you would stream it or anything. Well, I definitely grew up watching shows that like predated me, but I just never heard of this one. And then it made me kind of melancholy that like, you know, something can be like such a big part of the culture and you can like be a part of the culture. And then like, you know, not that long later, it's like completely off the radar. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so anyway. I mean, it is weird. We got a Perry Mason reboot before we got a Barney Miller reboot. But I think the problem is Barney Miller was not like... It was just like a, it just took place in a precinct. It was like, honestly, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is probably like a modern day. This is the closest we'll get, you know? Wow. Closest we'll get. Well, um, well, Cece actually makes a, a reference to it later yes. in this scene that only makes sense if you, if you know what Barney Miller is. Um, but so while they're in this meeting, it's like, it's like a very Hollywood situation where this exec has neither seen nor read the play, but still has notes for the rewrite. <laughs> and he still has changes, um, which I guess if you've ever written in this industry will make you want to kill yourself, right? How, <laughs> how accurate that feels. Um, but so, and, and at first Maxwell is like super resistant. He's like, you know, I have a thing called artistic integrity. And then this executive goes, you know, you can make more money in one season of a sitcom than a 10 year run of cats and he's like where do i sign (laughs) and this is the point where which listen i get it i like i didn't fault maxwell like yeah man just just get just make a bunch of money and get out we're all gonna die someday you know i mean also you know get yours over andrew lloyd weber sorry (laughs) seriously oh with that guy Uh, it's enough already (laughs) and then so maxwell's jumping to sign it when they suddenly hear fran's voice screaming like max you can't sign it we can't move here and then and she busts into the door security has her by the arm (laughs) because she clearly snuck in on a uh, tour bus through the uh through the set through the uh 
the lot. <laughs> um, and she's like, and by the way, $28 is a lot to charge to see Wheezy's old dressing room. <laughs> hey, you want to hear a great story? This okay. is fun for oh, people. Oh, I know this. I, I you know this know story, this. right? This is a great story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we I worked on a TV show and um, <laughs> Ian McKellen was going to come visit set. And Ian, the guy from Lord of the Rings, Gandalf, was going to come visit. And everyone was very excited all day that Gandalf's going to come visit. And like, this is going to be so cool. And then he doesn't show up for like two hours. And everyone's like, hmm, maybe he's not coming or whatever, you know, famous people. And then all of a sudden we get a call in the production office. And they're like, hey, this guy just walked off the tram tour and is like coming into your office. And like, we th- we don't know what's going on. Like, you got to come outside. And we go outside and security is like holding Ian McKellen and they're like, sir, sir, please. And he's like, he's like, I don't understand. I I didn't know how to get down the hill. (laughs) And like, it's, it's crazy because I don't, to this day, I'm like, did he pay to get into Universal Studios or did someone drop him off somewhere? And people, he was just like, I'm here. And they were like, oh my God, it's Ian McKellen. And they just waved him through and then he got turned around and then he just, he was like, how do I get down the hill? And they were like, get on the tram. I don't know. Also, you have to give you a context. That tram, it's literally like, like, isn't like, you know, a gorilla, like shaking the, you know, like, like, you've got to wait in line. You have to visit King Kong. King Kong is shaking and they're splashing you with water. It's like a tourist. It's a tourist tram for with all this like touristy stuff around Universal. I mean, to be fair, all that stuff happens. Our stage was at right at the beginning. So it really would have been like he came down the hill and was like, oh, there's there's a stage they're in. And he just like got up and they were like, sir. And he was like, I'm here. So like, okay. I Tram tour. Okay. Sorry. I'll just say the first time I ever heard this story, I probably laughed harder than I had laughed in like three years. And I routinely tell this story to other people. That's the only reason I'm not, I don't have a big reaction now because I've almost adopted it as my own and I don't, you know, but, but like it was, I just, the idea of Sir Ian McKellen getting on a nasty—it was the best tourist, thing. you know, universal tram and getting like water splashed in his face and like smellow vision, like whatever. It was they the best, do. and um, he but it genuinely was like, you know, I mean, I guess you could have mistaken him for just an old guy, like for sure. <laughs> he didn't like. It's not like he looked like fancy or like. He was just like dressed normal and kind of just got off, you know, kind of moved like an old man. Like he, I mean, he's old, you know. Um, well, okay. So the same thing had happened to Fran. And anyway, she is bust. She's busted in and she's like, Max, we can't move here. You know, I, I want my mother to be a part of our twins lives. And, you know, and, and I just, I, not only do I think she'll be miserable, but I'm really realizing I'll be miserable. And this exact who, I guess his notes are pretty good. Cause he literally goes, I don't know what you guys are talking about but I think you should just move your mother out here. <laughs> and, um, and even though Mr. Sheffield like really doesn't want to do this, he's like, well, well, of course, like if this, if this will make things better for you, then of course we'll move your mother and father out here with us. And it seems to have like solved the problem. And which so, I literally was writing that note as it got suggested. I was like, I don't understand why Maxwell is being so friggin' cheap here. Just like move. <laughs> my- I was like so mad. I was like, move mom out with you. You cheap bastard. Well, and then the little end to this end note of this oh. scene is Cece leans in and she goes, she goes to Barney Miller. She's like, or what's his name? Al <laughs> Linden. She's like, Hey, she's like, I got a, I got an idea for you. Was- <laughs> it's a TV show about cops where the, the jail, jail cell is in the middle 
of the precinct, which is literally what Barney yes. Miller, that, that 12 season show was about. And he goes, it sucks. <laughs> and that's it. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Um, well, then we go back to New York City a couple of days later. And, you know, the family, they're all super excited about this, like, potential move. It's so interesting how you write a joke like that and you're like, yo, everyone on the planet is going to understand this joke. And then, like, cut okay. to 20-something years later and it's like, that joke definitely does not make sense unless you know a bunch of things. Well, but, you know, I mean, I guess you <laughs> – most people probably do not assume that their show is going to be airing, you know, 25 years later. Like that, that's like a pipe dream, but it's true. That's you true. know, no, that's a good point. There, when all these things were written, it was like your show aired and then no one ever saw it again, unless maybe they bought the DVDs, you know? Yeah. Or maybe it'd be in syndication, but the idea of like, would it be in syndication like 25 years from now? Like that almost sounds, you know, it would be it sounds too, crazy. Yeah. Like too big yeah. a dream. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yeah. Um, but so then back in New York, again, everyone's like super excited and Sylvia pops by and she's like, well, what did you want to tell me, darling? And Fran's like, okay, we've got some really big news. Like, yes, we're moving, um, but guess what? We're taking you with us. And, you know, you're going to have this amazing guest house and all this stuff and, you know, really talks it up. And she's expecting Sylvia to have a, another huge reaction, but this time, like, of, of excitement. And Sylvia, again, super serenely, almost, like, without any feeling, is like, uh you know, I, I don't want to go. And she's like, what do you, what do you mean you don't want to go? And she's like, Ma, you're, you're probably, you know, you're just still keeping it all in, right? I know you were devastated at this news and, and, you know, you just didn't want to tell me, but you know, you don't have to keep up the brave face anymore. And she's like, no, honey. She's like, you know, you have your life. I have mine. And you know, you shouldn't revolve yours around me. I, I won't be around forever. And she mm. again, picks up her coat and serenely leaves. Bro. And I was so, I was like, what is going on? (laughs) I was mad. I was like, I don't understand what's happening. And, and Renee Taylor is such a good actress that like she, she she plays all of these beats so well. Like she plays the big absurd things well, but also these like, you know, just calm, collected, I'm collecting my things and I'll be going, you know, like, um, and then she leaves and Fran's like, I won't be around forever. Like, what does that mean? And then she's like, oh, something's wrong with my mother. And and yeah. again, they kind of like a serious, it's like sort of, it's not like a joke. It's like, uh-oh, like it's yeah. something really wrong with Sylvia. Right. We cut to our, you know, our tried and true Krispy Kreme set. <laughs> I was so happy to see the return of Krispy Kreme. Mm, I love Krispy Kreme so much. Um, and... Fran goes to talk to Val to like vent her. She's like, this is like my favorite line. She goes, she goes, Val, I'm going crazy with all this. 
Val goes, you're going crazy. I've been here since noon. I've had three cups of coffee. I'm ready to burst. And look, she points to a sign that says, restrooms are for customers only. (laughs) So she clearly thinks they are only for customers, not for employees. And she's so dumb. It was so funny. It was such a great, like, cause that's a sign that you see all the time and you never, I've never thought of making that joke. And it was, it was so good. Um, And then uh, Fran sort of blows past this and she's just like, you know, I've looked for Sylvia everywhere and I can't find her. And she ends up being like, oh, you know what? I guess I'll, I'll call my dad. So she, she takes out a cell phone and then we get a cell phone gag that kids today will not get because the joke is that like she can't get service. So she's like sort of contorting her body in really weird directions to try to get a signal. And now that just doesn't really happen. Um, uh, to the point now where like most people don't even have landlines cause their cell phone is so reliable. Uh, but I, mean, I see. I, I, it's so funny. I had the exact opposite note, which was like, yeah, dude, cell phone service still kind of sucks. Like, I, like, I can't tell you how many times I have had people be like, it's funny how we can do everything on these except have like a conversation where like something doesn't, someone doesn't break up at some point. Um, so that's I interesting. I associate that more with like Wi Fi stuff, but I don't know. Mm. Um, so that, <laughs> that got a big reaction. <laughs> the biggest reaction we've heard from Sean this whole episode. <laughs> That's not true. Um, but so she calls Morty and Morty's like, yeah, she's at the beauty parlor. So. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Dave Pasquale. <laughs> I was sad. <laughs> I um, I, where do you get those sound effects? How do you do? Where that? does he get those wonderful? I toys? knew, I knew you were gonna say it. As soon as I, um, where do I get it? I don't know. Uh, somewhere a couple months ago, ZenCaster just the, a little board just popped up on the top of the ZenCaster thing for the host of the room, and there was like two things already preloaded, and then there's like a little plus button, and you can load stuff in. So that's how I put like our theme music in there and the segment theme and. So that's so I don't have access to any of that. I know you're a prisoner. It. You're my prisoner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> um, also, for some of our listeners, where does he get those wonderful toys is a, a Tim Burton Batman reference, which maybe a lot of people haven't seen. They they only oh. know Ben Affleck as Batman. <laughs> oh, God. No. I, wouldn't they know uh, Robert Pattinson has surpassed him now? Oh, my God. So now it's they only know Robert Pattinson as Batman, which you know what? I'm here for it. I love Robert Pattinson's Batman. I, my uh, father-in-law and my brother-in-law's genuinely make fun of me constantly for it. But I don't care. I love it. I don't like his eyeliner. But okay. So I bought so, some. I bought some and I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> there, they, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Sean, Sean is the Batman. Um, okay. So, so we get so, another so, so. scene here that I really, really love. Uh, oh, yes. Okay. Krispy Kreme. So she goes to the beauty parlor, which yes. is the Chatterbox. Yes. As we know, there was a backdoor pilot episode yes. of the nanny called the chatterbox we go back this version of the chatterbox better than that one i think I because agree. there is uh like the woman who kind of runs the place was so funny she was such a scene stealer and um i wrote the same thing i was like this lady's genuinely nails this like this they they should have put her in the pilot they would have had that, a show that's what i was thinking uh but so fran she gets, i know what a damn shame uh <laughs> <laughs> this is probably 
this is the worst news of the week. Oh my <laughs> but God. So, but so, Fran, no. so Fran is like, you know, hey, like whatever, Libby, like where's my mother? And she's like, your mom's not here. And she's like, well, my father said she's be here. And she's like, no, she's not here. Like, in, in fact, she she's usually at the hospital right now. And, and Fran's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, yeah, she's at Mount Sinai every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 4 p.m. And now Fran is like more out of her mind convinced that something is very wrong with Sylvia. Um, and we go back to the kitchen of the mansion and she's like telling Maxwell all about this. And then she- Sylvia shows up and, and Fran like literally instantly starts crying. And she's like, Ma, Ma, like you can tell me about this. Like you can tell me you're sick. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not sick. And she's like, well, then, then why are you seeing a doctor three days a week at the hospital? And Sylvia just kind of like gets this look on her face like, <laughs> and and then she's like, Ma, what are you saying? Which is like a very funny line because Sylvia hadn't said anything. And then Sylvia like still continues to have this like very like just t- like uncomfortable expression on her face. And she's like, oh my God, Ma, are you having an affair? And then like Sylvia gets up and she's like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this. And Fran sort of like starts chasing her around and like chases her into the other room and and back. And like Sylvia's like, dodging and meanwhile like the whole family is there and like every time Fran and Sylvia come barging into a room yelling they like run into the other room because they're trying to give them privacy and then like so it's kind of like this fun dance of like the whole family like running back and forth to to avoid this fight except Mm -hmm. for Niles who needs to be dragged out of the room by Maxwell (laughs) because he of course wants to like hear every every so juicy yeah, it's like literally his mouth is agape when he hears Fran yell you're having an affair (laughs) And Toria, Sylvia, Toria, yeah. Don't don't say gape on the show anymore. <laughs> Thank you. So oh. anyway, so no. Sylvia ultimately she she again grabs her coat and she marches towards the door and she goes, you know, I am a grown woman and I am entitled to my privacy and furthermore, I am not having an affair. And she goes, and if your father calls, tell him I took the little girl brazier shopping. <laughs> and <then> she walks <laughs> out. I love that she doesn't know that child's name. It's amazing. I know. I love girl. it that it's it's the boy and the little girl. Mm-hmm. And then Sylvia leaves and Fran turns around and she looks at everybody who's who they're all like standing there. Like, you know, it's like Maxwell, Niles, uh, the kids and Cece. And she's just Everyone like- Everyone is gaping. Yes. <laughs> and she goes, is this unbelievable or what? Like she's literally like completely like beside herself. And Cece goes, <laughs> Cece goes- you're telling me she's having sex and I'm not. She literally walks to the oven, opens the door, and puts her head in it. And that's the end of the episode. They love <laughs> they love a good head in the oven joke. Who doesn't? Listen, who doesn't? I'm here for anyone getting <laughs> never mind. I won't say it. And then well, I, and then the button of this episode, it is the whole cast comes up, they walk outside that mansion from Beverly Hills and they do the Beverly Hills uh end sequence, which is like <laughs> just waving at the camera to that iconic music. Yeah, I mean look. Cliffhanger episode. This is the season of cliffhangers. We've talked about this. There's a lot of big stories that they have to tell and or they were ready for the show to be over last season and they just are dragging out the season. I'm not I, I can't really tell. We'll see what the solution here is. The outcome so, to this. Here's the thing. What do you think? You don't I don't really think Sylvia's having an affair, right? No. 
Sylvia's not having an affair. So what I mean, do we think I, is going I mean, on? She's, I don't know, something dumb, probably. Like, you know what I mean? Like some silly thing. Like it doesn't make, it doesn't seem like, I mean, look, I would honestly be pleasantly surprised if Sylvia's having some kind of affair or if she's like, look, me and your dad are just like going to like split up and like it's what not if, heal, you know? What if she's going to therapy? <gasps> oh, that would be fun. Like psychoanalysis three times. What if we could get uh, Spalding Gray back? Ooh. Mm, Little little, uh, return of the doctor. uh, What was that guy's name? Roberts? Dr. Spalding? No. (laughs) How dare you? All right. I I forget his name. Uh, Okay. All these time? The funny thing is these are all questions we could easily have answers to, but we refuse to look. Um, Okay. It's time. Okay, well, get ready because I believe it's time for segments. Segments. And now, segments. Are we ready for segments? We are so ready for segments. Let's go. Um, segments? All right, so segment time. Segments. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to our segments? Um, should we get into our segments? Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. <laughs> there you go. Delightful. Thank you. I like that one a lot. The little jazzy I loved New it. Orleans segments theme. Um, listen, so- Toria, we said almost all of my favorite lines and moments. This was a weird one, this episode. I don't know how I felt about it. It went by very quickly. It yes. was it, I, it was very breezy. I did get some laughs. It was yes. just easy breezy. But but yes. you know, I really truly almost just started watching the second one because I wanted to know. I did want to know too. I also almost started watching it, and then I said, "No, have some mm-hmm. restraint." Toria will be mad at you, and when she's cross, she <laughs> she hits you. So I I stopped myself to avoid getting your uh, your brutal uh, re- retaliation. And you will be rewarded. You will be rewarded. <laughs> Thank you. By not getting by not getting the slap. <laughs> so so okay. Uh, we did say a bunch of my favorites. I liked. Um, I loved the restrooms are for customers only gag where uh, where so good, man. Val doesn't understand that it does not apply to to employees and then i i did really like the a line when they were with the hollywood exec and, and when he's giving he's like giving notes to maxwell and he basically is like i want to turn your drama into a comedy and maxwell's like but but my play is an allegory dealing with man's early struggle to survive and the guy just goes so is the flintstones <laughs> which i'm like that is true i didn't true what a, yep I liked it, um, but I more because yeah, uh, it was an, it was a great line. Um, and then um, I did like the like you know, darling, do you remember that play I did last summer? Oh yeah, you mean the one where the critic said, and this is what he left Chicago hope for again, only because I love that Maxwell Sheffield is such a B producer. Yeah, <laughs> I love that like they easily could have made him like a hugely hugely successful producer, but that he is you know he's insecure and he still like has chips on his shoulder and then he has like weird bones to pick with people. Like, I love that. It's so much funnier than just making him a generic Broadway producer. I agree. And I think having him have failures makes him more relatable than making him like an unmitigated success all the time. Yeah. It's more relatable that he's like, yeah, that one was a stinker. Figure out the next one. It's cool. I like, I agree. 
Uh, all of your lines were basically mine. I will just again highlight the the actress that played um, Libby, the Chatterbox, Libby, Libby in the Chatterbox. Man, was she good! I mean, I, I was like, she was. Pr- I wrote down the Chatterbox employee was perfect, like like mm-hmm. flawless delivery. Every single line would like nailed it, knocked it out of the park. That lady, Nancy Cassaro, um, you know. Not a ton of stuff. Just <sighs> kind of pops up here and there. Interestingly, she did an, a, an episode of the West Wing. You know, she does like an episode here and there, this lady. But I mean, man, what a, a talent. Biz. What a talent, right? It's a tough biz. It is a wow. tough biz. And it, it's always hard when you see someone that like, like really blows you away in such a small role. And you're like, oh, I bet you. Because sometimes you see someone like that and you're like, oh, that that person then became like super famous here. And. It looks like her biggest run was she did a five episode run of Nick Tuck, of Nip Tuck. Now look, that's not to say she didn't have a good career. She literally worked every single year from like 1990 to 2008. So she had a great career, a good run. But you know, she's so talented. That lady, I, I really thought she was very talented. Maybe she did theater. <gasps> Maybe she had a run in the theater. Oh, that would be lovely. Maybe. All right. Well, we don't. We'll never know. Uh, what's um, next? If anyone out there knows, you let us tell know. us. Or if you listen, please let us <gasps> know. Does she listen? I'll I would so. hope so. Um, Yiddish. We had oy vey, uh-huh. which is a you know a Yiddish uh, term of, of exasperation. Uh-huh. We had yenta um, because in that chatterbox scene, when Libby has literally given Fran so much information about where her mother's where about her mother's whereabouts and details of her life, and Fran asks like one more follow up question, she goes, "How would I know? What am I, a yenta?" <laughs> um, and so that was fantastic. And as we know, yenta is a busybody. Yes. Um, and then for nanny trivia, I was mm. actually going to. I'm turning it back to, over to you because Uh-oh. we have some emails that we have not read in a while oh and i thought um Mm -hmm. i thought now would be a good time to do it because this this was not a trivia heavy episode it's true um it's true you know although i do you know i'll tell you a little juicy trivia before before we why don't you tell us a little juicy trivia while i while i sift through all of the sales we've made at redbubble thank you people that's very nice that people are buying uh the shirts and things that's pretty neat so Okay, so um, this is this is kind of relevant because the the movie Priscilla, is this, mm-hmm. the new Sofia Coppola movie, it's currently out in theaters. And I'll say this: this is not technically nanny trivia, but I think this would be Fran Fine approved trivia. Okay, it's in the spirit of Fran uh-huh. um, and the show. So Priscilla, obviously about Priscilla Presley, who uh, met Elvis Presley when she was very young, and they got married when she was like eighteen or very young as well. Um, well, he was you know, infamously a philanderer, he would, he would leave her at home at Graceland and go off to movie sets in California and almost always have an affair with his leading lady. And Donna Douglas, AKA Ellie Mae, she starred opposite him in, I forget which movie it was, but they were rumored, Sasha's basically confirmed to have had an affair on that set. And the thing is when, when she went off to do that movie, it was like a huge deal because she had really only ever been, you know, on this sitcom. And the fact that she even got the leading role opposite Elvis and Elvis Presley movie was huge. And, and everyone basically said to her like, Oh honey, you know, like he, he always, 
you know, his co-stars always fall in love with him, but like, don't get wrapped up in that because he will, he will move on, right? It'll just be during, for the picture. And of course she went and she fell in love with him and wow. she came back and she was like lovesick for a very long time because wow. she totally fallen in love with him. And of course he moved on and, you know, uh, and, but so it, it was a really like, you know, kind of drama for her. Wow. Uh, so that relates to some uh, the Priscilla movie that's out. I like that. That's and pretty I, cool. It was. And again, I think Fran and Sylvia would would also enjoy this. So, okay. We've got an email from Australia, which is the uh, very exciting. It says, question from Australia about your Italian heritage, Sean. Good day, Sean and Toria from down. Oh, wait. Hold on. <clears throat> G'day, Sean and Toria from Down Under. Oh, no. Uh, no? <laughs> all right. She says, I absolutely love your podcast, and I am loving rediscovering The Nanny and all those 90s memories. I used to watch The Nanny with my Nana every Sunday night growing mm. up in Melbourne. Nana has since passed away. We're sorry. Rest in peace, Nana. But I fondly remember how much she loved the show, even though she didn't speak much English. What did she speak? Mm. Although we are not Jewish, we resonated with so much of the Jewish traits of the characters and found so many similarities with our Italian. Oh, Italian. Oh, cool. Italian relatives, the guilt trips, the obsession with getting married, the love of a bargain and of food, just to name a few. Sean, as someone who is half Italian, I'd love to know whether you find the similarities between Jewish and Italian cultures. I've never emailed a podcast before, and I would be delighted if you read it on an episode. Thanks, mates. Lisa. Lisa! Okay. Lisa, by the way, Lisa. I'm going to Melbourne next week to visit my oh, sister. You should get meet up with Lisa. Maybe we have her email. <laughs> you could literally email her. That's so funny. Um, okay. Here's the thing. You, this is the, I'm a great person to ask this question because I am all Jewish Italian. And the answer is yes. The answer is they are incredibly similar. Our Jewish and Italian heritages mix and our families mix, and our, there are so many similarities. Sometimes it is nauseating. <laughs> um, and my wife is also, uh, uh, you know, half Italian and or part Italian, and um, she also uh, uh, notices the similarities. I, I do think that there's guilt. I think that there is a lot of, um, uh, you know, uh, pressure to get married and. Uh, to find the right price for things and mm. an obsession with food and, mm. you know, uh, yeah, sure. I I have always and will always refer to myself as a delicious pizza bagel, the best <laughs> of all worlds. Um, and so do with that what you will. But this was awesome. I love when people ask me questions and I especially love people from Australia. Why, Toria? True? Because when they say no, they say, no. <laughs> and I love it so much. <laughs> okay, what else? Was there other ones? I don't think that was it. That's the only email I had. I, I thought you had another one, but <gasps> that's okay. No, I don't think so. I, I think everyone has been um, addressed. I think everyone has been addressed. Yep. And I then I guess person. that brings us to the Fran or the CC. Okay. I, I have, I felt, are you ready for this one? This mm -hmm. is going to, this might surprise you, mm -hmm. but this week I honestly felt like the Fran. Interesting. Why? Because I'll tell you why. Because 
Fran and her mother have a very like similar relationship to me and my mom. I really love my mom a lot and leaving and moving away was really hard. And every time I go back, I want to like bring my mom with me. And I really related to the guilt that Fran felt. And like, while, while, while my mom is not having an affair and, and would probably uh, uh, say yes, if, if, if in a vacuum, I actually think my mom's got a whole life in Florida and she's got my sisters and now my niece and nephew. And, Mm. you know, so I understand, I understand, uh, you know, what that, what that feels like. Um, you know, the fear of like, well, why wouldn't she want to move and all that is, you know, obviously. But yeah, I I felt that to be very similar and familiar. That's okay. Cause I literally wrote, I felt like I was the Mr. Sheffield. Mm. I would, I would not want my in-laws living in my guest house. I would be any, I just, I don't. I love my in-laws. I would let Elizabeth's mom and and her stepdad Scott live with us in a heartbeat. They're great. Scott, you're awesome. He doesn't listen, but he's great. Uh, I just you're you guys you're more you're more uh, generous of spirit than I am. But I would I would <laughs> like if I had the money I would yeah. like to put my mom up uh, across town, <laughs> but not in my guest house. <laughs> You know, like if I had the money, I'd rent my mom an apartment two towns over. Sure, whatever. <laughs> I want her I mean, to be closer than Florida, <laughs> but not guest house close. I understand. I understand. Listen, um, I understand. Uh, well, but anyway, so interesting. That's, it. that's an episode, huh? That's an episode, and it's a cliffhanger, and we get to discover what Sylvia is up to soon enough. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners already know. I'm sure they do, but it'll be fun because I promise not to watch it until next week, right before we do the show. So you'll get to hear my reaction in like basically real time. And I will be fresh off of watching it and I'll have a a hot take. Okay. Um, Deal. You know, uh, like the show, subscribe to the show, do all the things for the show. And we're on Instagram and, and, and Twitter at Oh Mr. Chef Pod. And redbubble.omrchefpod.com uh, if you want to buy like an Oh Mr. Chef Pod shirt or a CC. What was it? <laughs> I forget what we even did. The Big um, Babcock Energy. Big Babcock Energy. Thank you, Jesus. I, I might have had a stroke. Mm. Um, so I'm going to go get that checked out. For all, uh, the all right, Toria. For all the screaming he does at me. <laughs> it's probably, yeah, from all the, it's, uh, I'm constantly losing my temper with you. As I'm about to do. Mm. All right. Bye. Toria. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. We'll, <laughs> we'll see you next week. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye. And now segments. Are we ready for segments? We are so ready for segments. Let's go. Um, segments? All right. So it's segment time. Segments. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to our segments? Um, should we get into our segments? Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. 